You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to AIB Market Update on Tuesday the 17th of August. I'm John Herfinan from our Customer Treasury Unit and I am joined this week by AIB's Senior Economist John Fahey to discuss recent developments on the financial markets. Good morning, John. There's been quite a bit happening since we last spoke. If we start with the American economy and the Fed, in the past couple of weeks, we've seen strong payroll numbers and high inflation figures reported. What are the implications for the Fed and in particular their approach to monetary policy? So what we're seeing from the US, as you say, is is pretty strong numbers, both in terms of growth perspective uh, and also on the inflation front. So you referenced there, uh, the payroll numbers for July, which we got recently. And and when you look at the last two months, basically, the U.S. economy has added close to one million jobs in, in each of those two months. And we've seen the unemployment rate drop down to 5.4% from 5.8%. And there still is scope for more job growth. Because if you look at the uh, jobs opening data uh, for June, the seasonally adjusted number uh, suggests that there's 10.1 million job openings unfilled uh, so that's the highest level on record. Uh, so, you know, from a labor market perspective, there is, uh, you know, strong performance there. And we expect over the next couple of months, uh, further strong numbers coming from payrolls, indicating strong uh, jobs growth. You, you mentioned as well the inflation. Uh, so the most recent figures show that the headline rate remained near its all-time high uh, and the core CPI rate was standing at 4% and the headline rate uh, above 5% in recent months. So when you look at the, the Fed's preferred measure, the core PCE deflator, that's risen to 3.5% year on year. So when you take a step back, what you're seeing in the US is, is strong growth in, in GDP terms, a strong performance from the labor market, and also high inflation numbers. So that then does ask the question, well, what's the, the Fed's position? What's the outlook for the Fed for, from this? So the Fed still holds to its view that it, it expects inflation to drop back towards the 2% target by the end of next year. And they still maintain the view that, you know, what we're seeing from an inflation perspective is is, is largely uh, transitory and will be temporary. However, over the last kind of week or so, we have seen a number of Fed officials, the top policymakers, uh, suggest that the inflation goal uh, could be achieved over the next couple of months uh, and that the strong jobs uh, element too mean that it's it's two key objectives around employment and inflation, you know, could soon uh, be achieved. So, that does beg the question then, you know, where rates are at the moment, uh, they're practically at virtually zero, you know, surely the Fed will start to hike uh, sooner rather than later. And if you look at the market's pricing in at the moment, the market's uh, futures contracts suggest the market's expecting the first hike from the Fed towards the end of December 2022. But that seems a fair distance away given what's happening in the U.S. economy at the moment. So, you know, if, if things continue to develop as they are in terms of strong jobs growth and continued rebounding activity, then you could see the Fed uh, increase uh, interest rates before the market expects, uh, which is currently at the end of 2022. So we look over the next couple of weeks, there's the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium. We get some key Fed policymakers speaking and there may be some indications there as to what to expect in September. So the focus then will shift to the September Fed meeting. And at that, we potentially could see the Fed announce that by the end of this year or early next year, it will start to 
uh, taper its QE. And, and that's really the, the first precondition or the forerunner to uh, it's starting to increase interest rates. So the first step uh, would be for it to start to slow down its rate of asset purchases. So towards the end of this month uh, and then into the due, uh, the September FOMC meeting, uh, we may see the Fed start to announce some policy changes coming by the end of the year uh, around QE tapering. And then that really starts to see the market from then on will focus on what if if they're tapering now, it means that uh, rate hikes could be on the cards sooner rather than later, and, and the focus will shift to that. But as I said, at the moment, the markets at the end of 2022 for the first rate hike from the Fed, our view would be, given the trajectory of the US economy and the key fundamentals around inflation uh, and employment, you know, we could see uh, the Fed change its policy stance uh, earlier than the market's anticipating. Switching focus, John, to the Bank of England. In their recent meeting, they unsurprisingly stuck to the loose kind of policy that they've been adapting, but they certainly were dropping some clues about tightening. Coupled with the pickup in economic performance, evidenced, I suppose, by the quarter two GDP figures, what's your take on the UK economy and the road ahead for the BOE? Well, what we're seeing from the UK economy is pretty much along expectations that you know the UK was, was one of the probably the forerunner in terms of the key advanced economies. Uh, with its vaccine rollout program, so it allowed it to ease uh, restrictions much quicker than elsewhere, which you know started to feed through in its activity data. You mentioned there the uh, Q2 GDP number, so you know that was bang in line with expectations, just under five percent growth on a quarter on quarter basis, and even the June number. So the UK economy is one of the few economies that publishes monthly GDP number, and the June number of a one percent month on month increase in GDP in June was actually ahead of expectations. And what that does suggest is that the economy maintained momentum uh, at the end of Q2 heading into uh, Q3. And the survey data for Q3 so far, you know, validates that view and that, you know, in the second half of this year, once you get a full half of a year where there's no restrictions in place, uh, should underpin strong growth. So, you know, general forecasts out there for the UK economy to grow. And there's a broad range of forecasts at the moment. There's still a lot of uncertainty given where we are with COVID, not just for the UK, but for elsewhere. But, you know, the expectations of growth of somewhere between six to seven percent uh, in UK GDP. So all signs are that it's well on track uh, to meet that uh, as we move into the second half of the year. So the implications then from a Bank of England perspective, there was uh, a more hawkish tone, all right, to the Bank of England meeting during its uh, August meeting. So what we saw there in terms of its forecast and that it was no huge alteration to its GDP expectations, uh, but it was interesting that it, it, it suggested that it thought that the unemployment rate has probably already reached its peak. And also the Bank of England did little to deter from uh, market expectations uh, of uh, rate hikes from the Bank of England in the second half of next year. So what we would say is that given where we are at the moment in terms of the UK economy, and that the Bank of England has, has done little to kind of put a different view out there from market expectations is that you're looking at the bank rate uh, in the UK potentially increasing around the second half uh, of next year. But in terms of what's priced in there, it's fairly modest uh, rate increases uh, from the Bank of England. And in fact, over the next two to three years, market expectations have much more uh, modest rate hikes priced in for the Bank of England versus where they are for the US Federal Reserve. But all the data at the moment suggests that the UK economy is, is well on track to register strong growth uh, in the second half of this year. And you know, from that perspective, where we are from the Bank of England assessment, you know, you're looking at potentially rate hikes in the second half of next year. 
And all that, John, segues nicely into the outlook on the Forex markets and how it's been impacting. And considering all you've been saying, it's no surprise that the euro has taken a backseat a bit in the last couple of weeks and has weakened against both the pound and the dollar. Is there anything from the economic data points that's coming out that might suggest that that will reverse? Or where do you think we're going to go from here? Well, we've seen so a bit of modest weakening in the euro, right? So since the start of the month, uh, euro is down about 1% against the dollar and against uh, sterling. Now, in level terms, uh, it's worth pointing out that euro sterling dropped to a new low uh, for the year. In fact, it's probably it's just down, did hit its lowest level since the first quarter of 2020, around the midpoint of 84 to 85p trading range. So in reality, it was back to the level of where it was before the COVID pandemic hit. What's really happening in the last couple of weeks is it's not any specific negative news around the Eurozone economy or, or negative news flow. It's 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 more to do with what's happening elsewhere. So we've already mentioned, as you say, you know, the US economy performing strongly, expectations of rate hikes in the US towards the end of next year, similar expectations in the UK, where at the same time, if you look at what the market's expecting uh, from the ECB, uh, you know, the market's not ex- expecting any uh, changes from ECB policy till probably early 2024. Uh, so against that backdrop where market expectations have the Bank of England and the Fed hiking at least a year in advance of the ECB, it's it's no surprise then that euro's weakened, uh, you know, a little bit against both the euro and the dollar. So we expect that, you know, if that does materialize or at least uh, if signs are that that will happen where the Bank of England and the Fed do start to increase interest rates next year, then you could expect continued maybe modest softening of the euro against the dollar and against sterling but we're not envisaging any major downtrend more you know gradual weakening against both those currencies purely on the back of just the rate outlook where the uh, ecb is versus the fed and the bank of england which are contemplating rate hikes uh, much sooner than than what's expected from the ecb so it's mainly the market focusing on the interest rate outlook and the data and the sentiment from the east are uh, from the bank of england and the fed and how they're you know starting to hear more hawkish soundings from both those central banks versus you know a, a much a much more dovish cautious approach uh, from the ecb on that side so i think that's what's playing into that modest softening of the euro against the dollar and sterling over the last number of weeks but you wouldn't expect that you know that trend of modest softening probably to continue uh, into the end of this year as the market starts to focus more on Uh, rate hikes from the Bank of England and also from the US Federal Reserve in 2022. Okay, John, many thanks for the update and a big thanks to our customers, colleagues and listeners for joining the podcast. To stay up to date with the latest market developments, please subscribe to AIB's Market Talk wherever you get your podcasts. For those customers impacted by the pandemic, please find details of AIB support packages at aib.ie forward slash COVID-19. Take care and good luck. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.